Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Drop the Needle in the Haystack, a podcast where we take a listen to tracks that have, until now, never before been played on Spotify, and then we talk about them, and uh, that's about that's the hook of the show. You're supposed to say it every time at the beginning to get new listeners hooked. My name's Robbie, and I'm joined, as always, by Eric and Matt. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. I will also say hello, everybody, in the spirit of sarcasm. Happy October, everyone. It is indeed spooky season. Why don't we start with mine? So today we've got a selection called Look Up, and this is by the artist Darren Rhodes off of his self-titled album, Darren Rhodes. Now, just to give a very brief bio, because I don't want to give away all of the surprise at once, Darren Rhodes was a um, pop singer in the 1980s, and this album came out right around 1988. I think this will be pretty fairly obvious just from the initial listen, and I've got um, two excerpts today. So here it is, uh, Look Up by Darren Rhodes from the album, Darren Rhodes. This was a very fun song for me to show to the fellas this week because it, it's a real gotcha. You don't really quite know what you're getting yourself into here. And I certainly didn't when it came up in the Forgetify app for me. I was listening to this like, wow, what a nice kind of like, you know, mid late 80s jam. I really like that punchy bass and like those. I, I don't know. Do you guys think those were synth horns or real horns? What do you think, Robbie? Oh, that's got to be synth horns, I think. I, I would go with synth yeah, horns. Yeah, the too. nice like punchy synth trumpets and... And even some bongos. Did you guys hear that bongo in the background? Yeah, oh, kind of yeah. like a Earth, Wind, and Fire, kind of like Boogie Wonderland thing going on. <laughs> but then um, the lyrics come in, and he starts, he says, um, it's going to be a celebration up in the sky. And you're like, okay, this was the 80s. People were doing tons of Right, that tons could of mean drugs. anything. Who knows? It really good. And it then really um, good. You, yeah. you will not know the hour which he will come. That's something that I heard, you know, at plenty of times in, in church every every week. You We do not know the hour, so prepare. You know, be ready. <laughs> and lo and behold, Darren Rhodes, let me just go ahead and read his bio right now. When Darren Rhodes was 14, he became a Christian and began singing gospel music. At 20, he was performing with Madonna's guitarist, Michael Jackson's programmer, and even two of the California Raisins. I don't know who the California Raisins are, but this guy, he had a like young start into like, you know, the music scene at the time, so like 80s, right? Then he kind of stepped back from singing, and upon his initial release, he even said, I don't think the older people are going to like it, calling his work non-typical Christian music. He also admitted, I can see that God had a purpose for me when reflecting on this initial album. I mean, it's a very interesting combination of genres here. I told you guys, I don't really know what to call this kind of pop music from this time period, but you don't expect it to be Christian-based. So uh, what were your fellas' initial reactions? Uh, Robbie, what do you, what do you think? Uh, well, I certainly would agree with that assessment. Yeah, listening to it at the beginning, it does sound like a very, very standard kind of 80s fare. And, you know, I was impressed with the production. Some of the tracks we get on Forgetify, you know, the mixing and the mastering isn't very good, and it, it kind of 
doesn't hang together so well sometimes. But this one, it sounds really professional. The only thing I really didn't like, and that's maybe more just kind of a habit of the times, was the extremely wet and loud drums. I really liked it. I don't know exactly how you would call it, you know, in terms of genre, but it took me by surprise with all of a sudden it's uh, about Jesus. That's how they get you. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week I got I got Matt with the uh, with the Balkan flute, you know, the Caval, and I guess he needed to get his revenge this week because I was really jamming out to this, and then yeah, suddenly uh, suddenly <laughs> they hit you with it. It's uh, it comes out of nowhere, kind of. Definitely got me. Yeah. So I was uh, I was saying this earlier, but the the running trope with like contemporary christian pop or rock i think like that's generally how this is defined depending on you know what it sounds like is that it's about 10 years after the musical genre it's borrowing from so to me like when i first heard this and before i realized it was a um, christian piece of music i was thinking oh this is like late 70s early 80s you know general pop music and then suddenly there you are late 80s contemporary christian pop he's got a good voice i really like his female um artist voice as well i don't know about you i'm getting um i'm struggling to think of her name but she plays one of the schuyler sisters in hamilton it's got the same kind of timbre and like presence to her voice i think it's renee goldsbury goldsbury i don't know if you know either either of you know her it's a very impressive voice, and, you know, we couldn't hear it so much in the opening there, but when you skipped ahead earlier, Matt, um, she's really got pipes. Yeah, why don't I go it's, to that? It's very impressive. Why don't I go to that spot? Because I actually have two excerpts. I just couldn't resist. This is this track is just, like, such a such a bop, and I think we all really unironically do a, do enjoy it quite a bit. So here we'll, we'll hear the female singer's voice featured a bit more. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find out who she is, but here it is. And I love, I love the style of like the call and response gospel singing with those tight harmonies from from those backup singers. I mean, again, I really just think Earth, Wind, and Fire with um, Boogie Wonderland. It's 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 tight. Robbie's right. Like the singing is tight. The production is it's like really cohesive and put together. And I just I'm a sucker for that punchy bass. And even I, I think I went super specific music theory, deep lore nerd with Robbie that I, I love a good tritone sub going to four. It's just, you know, gets me every time. Gets you there, that's for sure. The, I guess my two cents about this is, you know, I've been a church musician for like about a good decade and a half now. I think you've really got something there, Eric, because when I was doing church music uh, like 15 years ago, it was all that kind of like, um, I want to say like Dave Matthews, but about church, right? And that's still yeah. pretty big. This combination, like this medium for for um, church music, I, I think that's what Darren Rhodes said in that little like snippet where he's like, I don't think older people are going to like it because it's not what initially comes to mind when you think like Christian pop music. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. But I'm a huge fan of it. And I think Darren Rhodes, actually, he's he's still doing stuff, but now he's making yoga music albums. Interesting. The logical progression. Yeah. Yeah, transition to some Eastern practices for his music. <laughs> you just got to try them all out. Yeah. And I will say, what I also like about Darren Rhodes is that his hair on this album cover looks how I would like my hair to look. 
he does so have some good looking hair out. here. Yeah. He does. Why don't Why don't we bring hair. that back from the eighties? You know, we can just bring back the hair, maybe the economy. Uh, leave some of that other stuff behind, though. Yeah, we'll definitely be including this this beautiful album uh, cover art for our Instagram post. Oh, I'm going to go as Darren Rhodes for Halloween, it's actually. Like, Let's get that outfit. It's like Stranger Things hair, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. The big... Nice track, yeah. man. Yeah, I liked it, This too. one was a lot of fun. I really, I really loved it, but it was just such a nice surprise when I was, like, just jamming along, listening, and then, oh, this is, this is Christian music. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? Alrighty. Um, should we move on over to, to Mr. Robbie Head? Why, thank you, Eric. My track this week is from the album Crazy Backwards Alphabet. The track is Ghosts. The musician, or the main one, or at least one of the main ones, is John French. So let's take a little listen to this one. <laughs> So, what I really like this one. A couple things, though, and there's a lot of uh, history kind of all tied uh, around this. So, the track, Ghosts, is actually a cover of a song by Albert Ayler. And Albert Ayler was one of the prominent figures of free jazz in the 60s and 70s. And his one of his big albums called Spiritual Unity. A really great album. This is one of the tracks from there. And his thing, or his kind of bent on this, uh, you know, free jazz idea was like this very simple kind of melody theme it's almost like like a folk tune or something where you've got all this stuff building around it all this chaos and all this whatever sort of emerges from just a very simple melody and that's what we have here the musicians in this album the crazy backwards alphabet they're led by john french and henry kaiser henry kaiser is a really big kind of experimental musician and guitarist on the west coast and john french uh, was in the Magic Band with Captain Beefheart, which is uh, Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band, a big experimental group for decades. They've got the Trout Mask Replica, which is a really big, big progressive album. That It's a masterpiece. It's kind of unwieldy, I think. It's a lot to listen to, a lot to take in, but it's really a great work of art. They were really inspired, those groups of musicians, I think, by the free jazz movement, and they incorporate a lot of that kind of thing into their playing. And into this track, you can hear definitely the spirit of Albert Ayler in his t style of improvisation. So it sort of starts off at the very beginning. We started about 50 seconds in where it, where it was picking up, but it starts with just the just that theme. But dun 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 dun. It's like a like a horn call for like a like um you know a marching regiment almost. You know what I mean? And then it kind of builds in energy and chaos around that theme as we go. Which kind of brings me to what I wanted to talk about. So we didn't start from the beginning. You can kind of hear it from the 50 seconds we start in. But when you listen from the beginning, you get a much more clear sense of the way the song kind of progresses. So to me, it starts with this kind of monophonic theme, like what Robbie's saying. And for those of you uh, sitting at home, monophony is the simplest of musical textures. It's typically sung by a single player 
or played by a single instrument without any accompanying harmony or chords. I can't remember. Do do both the guitar and bass start at the at the beginning? I think the intro was I... drums and then guitar and bass together. Yeah. Guitar. Okay. So it's not quite monophony, but closer to heterophony, which is two singers or instrument instrumentalists doing slightly different versions of the same melody at the same time. But then it progresses very clearly towards polyphony or polyphony, which is a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of different th- different things at the same time. Different melodies, different rhythms, different harmonies at times. It's so gradual, but so interesting how it changes that it really pulls you in. I feel like you could listen to this 10 times and still not really be hearing everything that's going on. Uh, very, very cool. Totally caught me off guards because I think when people listen to this experimental music and they're not introduced to it in the right way, it's a turnoff. But for me, this instantly pulled me into this kind of genre in a way that I don't think I've ever been pulled into it before. You know, I want to hear what happens next and I want to hear where they take it. So, I mean, kudos to this uh this group, it's a shame that I think you said this was their only album that they did together, Robbie, because I think they had something special, special here. Anyway, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I I just think it's funny now. Robbie's hit us two times with the they really reels you in. For those of us who've been following us, the deep lore with um, how come my dog don't bark? We had to give that a good extended listen because we were like, where is this going? You know, like we wanted to be there for the ride. And I felt the same way. I think during our first listen of Ghosts, we just kind of let the whole first minute or so go by without really like talking about it because it was like, well, what's what's really going on here? But I love I love the gradual progression of it. It's very kind of like process driven. Even just the, the solo drum intro in the beginning, it had that very like melodic cymbal playing that the contour of it even hinted at the melody that we were going to hear developed through this. I don't know if you guys could see me through Zoom, but I was kind of trying to like bop my head to this. And there's something really nice about that. Like you can't. The It's got, it's got <laughs> right. this nice little kind of like lilting gait as it goes on where you can tell, like I imagine they must have been looking at each other while they were playing this to kind of like feel out all these little lilts and pauses and it just gives that nice kind of energy of the live performance through the recording even yeah i really like i'm glad you mentioned the time there because that was something I, I really like about you know this recording and this kind of recording it's very like i don't know it feels almost like you're being dragged through mud right it's like it, it brings to mind like back to that marching regiment idea like they're all in thick mud trying to march together so they're kind of pushing and heaving at different you know, times, only very loosely all pulled together by this melody. And I think probably that's what Albert Ayler himself was kind of thinking of when he wrote the composition originally. The other thing that came to mind for me is that, yeah, that spirit of kind of improvisation that you said really shines through. I I mentioned the shags as the extreme end of it earlier, but something a little more that I was thinking of is um, fish, you know, they're they're kind of jam band kind of sessions where, you know, they're just like playing off each other and and especially some of that more experimental like drumming that like i really liked Mm -hmm. it he's really filling in those beats in in, like really cool conversational way but um you seem like you'd be the the kind who's a fish enthusiast robbie are you well 
it takes a special <laughs> environment to really get into, into it, but they do got some good songs. But um, do you know when, can you give us like some time for this, like a time, time or place for Ghosts? Ah, oh, actually, you know what? Good reminding me because I got some more information about it. So it was released in 1987. An interesting fact, the Simpsons creator, Matt Groening, Groening, I don't know how to pronounce it. He had the idea for this album and he wrote or he drew a bunch of the art for the album and stuff. So he's got some really kind of neat, I don't know, I don't know if That's it looks crazy. Simpsons-esque, but That's yeah, like it's got nuts. some neat cartoons okay. with it. Yeah, because apparently Matt Groening was a big fan of Captain Beefheart, and, and like we talked about, the uh, musicians there kind of all were in that group. And he had the idea for it, and he wrote some art for it, and it's or drew some art for it, rather. So it's now that is really some, interesting. That's some quality trivia right there. Thank now you for we're, that, Robbie. We're getting into the real deep lore now. But yeah, that, that, that yeah, oddly exactly. makes sense that Matt Groening would be like, yeah, this is, this is kind of my kind of thing, right? Right, this is what I'm into. <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, anything else? I think that's it for me. You want to take us into yours, Eric? Yeah, now now time for something totally different. All right, so this is the Bloodshot Gamblers on their album Pain and Other Simple Pleasures, and it is the track Start Again. I'll give you some background information after we listen to a little bit of it. We're dropping in here at about 15-hour binge in Las Vegas. Hillbilly Tim, Night. a.k.a. Tim David Kelly of Kicking Herald and Zombie Oil, and Country Mac Bryan, a.k.a. Brian Anderson of Kicking Herald, did a shot, shook hands, and made a gentleman's agreement to rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I love that. All right. Pain and other simple pleasures is the result. A concept album that takes you through the pain of addiction, depression, heartbreak, and the darker side of human nature. It took six months of hard work in the studio and many years of life lessons to make this album happen. So grab yourself a chair, pour a shot of whiskey, and enjoy a ride from the darkness into the light. So I, I want to know their publicist because nice nice job. That's good. That's good. A gentleman's good. agreement That's poetry. to rock. I know, right? That that There's is poetry. That's like something that. you expect from Tenacious D. Yeah. You know, that's like it's that kind of feel. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, I I I don't want to take what either of you were gonna say. I think um, a lot of us recognize this style of music from uh, this album's from 2009. So from this period of time, the guy's got a good voice. I I like the groove. I like um, what the guitars are doing. Drum seems pretty solid. Production in general seems pretty high. You know, I didn't have any real complaints. There was some, the chords at times felt maybe a little static to me. And that's really the only thing that I noticed 
in the in the harmony that you know i think could have been made a little more interesting but in general i i really like this song why don't we flip it on over to you robbie and uh so yeah we were talking before the the vibe we got was like my chemical romance yeah it's that kind of that kind of energy that kind of sort of attitude especially with with the lyrics and i yeah i like the chorus too i was even thinking this this last time what i really like in a good chorus is uh, is this rhythmic phrasing da 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 yeah da 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 that's what i like in a good chorus that's what makes it stick out to me i don't know what you think? i was Any just thoughts, gonna Max? say that the uh, the, the scansion oh. the text setting the division of the words and the syllables for dilapidated and then in the next line when he rhymes it with uh something like broken down and faded it was i was i was just so happy when i you hear the dilapidated and then you're like okay where what's he gonna do what's he gonna rhyme that with dilapidated that's a that's a great sat right. word i'm 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 <laughs> in for this next line but everything about this style was just great. I like the I like the style of singing. There's something about it that's I think really hits the time period on on like the head, you know? That like kind of Yeah, what was that thing you said earlier Matt about the pronunciation of Oh yeah. of how Yeah. Well, you of the vocalist. So did you here. tell us these guys were like more country background? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it reminded me of of we, we went specifically to My Chemical Romance just because of the style, like the aesthetic, kind of that gritty, distorted guitar tone. But um, I, I kind of picked up on like that southern twang of, of singing that um, someone illuminated this to me. Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, the front man, the singer, he has like a weirdly southern twang to his pronunciation of some of his words. So like on the word deserve like a deserve and like your instead of your stuff like that and we were getting some of that here this this stylized kind of enunciation for for this type of this genre of, of music it really i i only can just think of like the first two my chemical romance albums when i hear something like this yeah absolutely it was just uh it's one of those things that once you point out it's really hard to go back to hearing it any any other way I, right yeah. You get you get the scoop in in your head. You keep hearing the scoop. That's up it in too. The yeah, that's called a goose fronting. That's a deeply southern trait and style of enunciation. Goose fronting is when you've got words like creep and freak, and you say creep and freak, where the vowel starts low and oh. ends up higher. Well, that's good because you get another syllable. It's good. Out yeah, you get two though. syllables and you get more notes out of it, right? And scooping up into the pitch is easier from like a technical standpoint, I think, right? Then, yeah, scooping down. Scooping down would sound weird. Interesting. Learn something new every day. Wow, look at that. Yeah, goose fronting is one of my favorite words ever when talking about accents because it's so weird. The other thing that came to mind for this one, there's um, not My Chemical Romance. This they, they were a band. They had one big song, Monsters. Do you guys remember? I think it's Matchbook Romance. Match I Do you guys know. remember yeah. Monsters, Monsters by Matchbook Romance? It was Thanks. on Guitar Hero. I remember it was on Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> That does sound so familiar. The chorus, the chorus goes like, "We are the monsters. We are the." You're right. It's it's magic romance. Yeah, that's funny. something about that M word romance vibe going on here. Also, kind of like the used. And someone said Green Day with some of the distortion effects. I mean, yeah, some of the distortion effects, and then later in the song when they kind of do that like echoey version or like the tinny um, version, right? Yeah, the tinny version right, of the chorus. The 
I mean, this this just reeks of the time period in the best way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I really like it. Yeah, overall, it's super solid song. Yeah, I think we had a pretty good haul all around this week. Yeah, it looks like it's from Tucson, Let's make a Arizona. gentleman's agreement to podcast from now on. <laughs> we can't shake hands, though. We'll have yeah, that, to do that it publisher was really doing, going above and beyond. That's like, that, I want my artist bio written by that publisher, you know? <laughs> like a well-crafted origin story and everything. Ah, uh, that's really it's like you're there in Las Vegas where they. Yeah, I, I can picture it. You can just picture the scene, right? You know, it's so evocative of what probably happened. All right, boys, uh, should we move on to what we listened to this week? Are you going to insist on going last again, Eric? No, I'll go middle this okay. time. You guys can fight over who gets to go first. I'll go first because my answer is kind of boring. That's <laughs> and with that ringing endorsement, no, take it my away. Answer is, it's a responsible answer. I have a, I have an exam coming up, so I've been listening to some some pieces that I need to study. That I, I guess I just want to give a shout out on the podcast because I'm really jamming to them right now. So the two pieces I'm focusing my attention on right now are the Violin Concerto by Korean composer Unsuk Chin and uh, the okay. work Sequoia by Joan Tower. These are two of the pieces that I'm going to be focusing on for my big, scary doctoral exams. But I, I highly recommend the Violin Concerto. It's a lot of a lot of fun to kind of take a listen to. Do you know, uh, you know Wings by Joan Tower? I don't know Wings, but... Uh, it's a, it's a clarinet piece. I was going to say, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was clarinet. <laughs> it's, it's technically, I think, both clarinet and saxophone. I'm not sure which version uh, Actually, Wings is a sitcom. Actually, it's about a pair Actually, of no, you're pilots. thinking of uh, the band by Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah that's Robbie. right. Wow. I can't keep track of them. They're on the run constantly. <laughs> That was a good. That was a good one. You get you get a good genuine laugh for that one. Thank All you, right, Eric. Now tell us some more about the clarinet. Um, actually, you know, I did not listen to that much this week. Um, I had a lot of. Different... <laughs> I do want to. I'm gonna stop you right here for one second because I do want to point out on our last episode, you said much the same thing. Actually, this week it's not just clarinet music, and then you go on to list almost exclusively clarinet music. This week, I'm actually not gonna list any clarinet music i really had almost no time to listen this week i had it seems like a million things going on and i still have like a bunch more to do um but i did listen to some hyuko do you know that band matt it's a korean um rock band uh i'm not i'm not exactly sure korean rock how band. they uh, that's uncommon yeah i'm not exactly sure how they classify themselves but their biggest song is called wing wing it's really, really good. I recommend everyone to listen to it. Very, very catchy. I like pretty much everything they've put out. But, yeah. What about you, Robbie? I guess this week, I'll recommend... Uh, maybe this is cheating. But I'll recommend, again, the Albert Ayler album, Spiritual Unity. Because I really like that album. And if I could take a brief moment to go off on my own soapbox yeah, now. Yeah, get on your pedestal. I like... Uh, get a clear a path. Here I go. Here I goes. I like that music. Uh, what I really look for, or what I really try to listen for in a solo or in any music I'm listening to, is uh, you know narrative, right? Point A to point B is kind of what I like the most to listen for. Uh, you know, and that's true of a symphony or developing thematic material or a solo, kind of building ideas. And I think you get a lot of narrative in. Uh, Albert Ayler's music and this album especially. It's a lot of building and rising and falling. Uh, sometimes maybe free jazz, I think, especially 
not that you have to like it you know if you don't like it that's fine it truly is and i know it's not the most popular genre for anybody but i think what you can't say is that you know they're just playing whatever or that they're not putting any thought into it which i think maybe sometimes is the reputation that it might garner for whatever else you can say about it they are putting some very serious thought into it and i think if you go into it with the right mindset you can really hear a very clear narrative that you don't need any knowledge of music theory or you know really familiarity with the tradition of songs or tradition of improvising to to really latch on to but so that's my that's my recommendation albert ayler spiritual unity all right well you've convinced me i'll give it a listen this and that's really all i'm here to do convince is convince eric to listen eric. to things and that then, are not clarinet yeah so next week i can talk about the album then we only have to convince <laughs> matt and then the week after that he can talk about the album and then the podcast is done no, no, we then we die. get a guest we get a guest on the <laughs> on the podcast we just got to train this thing as far as we can that's true we got to start getting some some guests on here i really hope we can get lonely man denim dan from last week's episode oh that would be great <laughs> that's been stuck in my head literally only all the very i'm like in the shower <laughs> yeah only that part <laughs> i can still hear it's him. so good lonely yeah. man denim dan <laughs> It's so good. All right. Well, I think, uh, is that all we have this this week, guys? Yeah, yeah, that's it for me. I believe so. So make sure to follow us on our Twitter at DropHaystack and on Instagram and Facebook at DropTheNeedleInTheHaystack. Also, go ahead and follow us on Spotify or wherever you're listening and rate and review if that applies there. Uh, you know, anything else I'm forgetting or that you'd like to plug? No, that sounds good to me. Um I just want to say that, yeah, doing those things that Robbie just mentioned really helps us out uh, analytics-wise. It's a rough podcast world out there, folks. But if you follow us on Instagram, we will shortly be posting some more kind of behind-the-scenes stuff of some of the fun things that we run into during these these sessions and the organizing for all of that. And, um, of course, because Spotify kind of integrates with Instagram, we'll occasionally be able to drop some of these songs for you in our stories now. As, um, as we're getting into some some more, hopefully, searchable stuff. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.